Hello, and welcome to The Mother Pod, a podcast from the Wisconsin Women's Health Foundation designed by moms for moms to create conversations focused on staying healthy through the journey of motherhood. This is Kayla Thomas. Today on The Mother Pod, we will be discussing MS, and we have with us Cheryl Blaschuk, an NP who graduated from the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee for both her BSN in December in 1985 and her MSN as a family nurse practitioner in 2000. As a nurse practitioner, her specialty has been entirely in neurology and almost exclusively in multiple sclerosis care. She works for Freydert and the Medical College of Wisconsin in the MS and Comprehensive Headache Program. She is certified as an MS nurse since 2002 and is an executive board member of the International Organization of MS Nursing. She lectures around the country and has been a contributing author on several publications, including Nursing Management of the Patient with Multiple Sclerosis. She works with her local chapter of the National MS Society to bring knowledge to nurses, patients, and families all over the state of Wisconsin and is committed to improving the lives of those affected by this progressive disease. Let's talk. Thank you for coming on the mother pod today, Cheryl. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Um, yeah. And you just got done presenting at our grapevine conference on MS. So we mm-hmm. have some questions that we want to talk about MS and see okay. what your, what your perspectives are. Um, first and foremost, what can you tell us about who is at risk for MS? So, uh, MS is an autoimmune disease. It, uh, tends to affect women more than men, but women in general tend to get autoimmune diseases just because of the changes that uh, women's bodies have to go through in terms of, uh, of having children and such. So we think that's one of the theories behind why women tend to get more autoimmune diseases. But yes, this is a disease that affects women, generally young women, um, from the ages of 15 to 45 is kind of the age, uh, age range for diagnosis. And oftentimes, as we know, that is in the middle of uh, the formative years of most women's lives. Yeah. Um, so if women are more susceptible to getting MS, is there any groups of women that are at higher risk, particularly um, African-American women or Hispanic mm-hmm. descent? Is there any linking into those um, demographics too? So the thought um, related to who gets multiple sclerosis, generally we think that it affects primarily uh, again, women more than men. It's not that men never get multiple sclerosis because they do, mm-hmm. uh, but um, it's generally uh, people of northern European ancestry or people who are from sort of the northern uh, colder climates in the year. So we think there has something to do with the environment that you're raised and, and born born into. But um, we also know that although the disease affects uh, African Americans and Hispanic people perhaps less, uh, we also know that it tends to be a little more aggressive in those particular populations. So uh, actually one of our most uh, high-risk group of uh, MS populations are actually African-American males. Um, because Yeah, because males in general tend to have more, uh, can have more aggressive disease. Uh, women actually can have, uh, tend to have maybe not as aggressive. That doesn't mean that there aren't patients out there that can be uh, affected uh, terribly by this disease. So our our big risk populations are are African Americans, uh, men and women, and Hispanics also. Okay, so. that's interesting. So mm-hmm. geographically too. So are you less likely to get it if you're in the South? So there's it's like yeah. it's the climate too. Yeah. So one of the interesting things uh, in the research is that you actually carry the risk uh, of developing MS. Uh, depending on where you were raised. So if you were raised in a northern hemisphere above 45 degree latitude, 
Um, and then you, let's say, up to about age 16, and then you move south. Your family moves to the, uh, you know, Florida or such. You are uh, you carry the risk uh, with you of being uh, raised in a northern climate, and it's the opposite. If you are uh, raised in the southern climate and you live there till they say approximately adolescence, and then you would move to a, a colder climate again, you would carry that lesser risk because of the fact that you were actually raised there. So that brings uh, into play are the, what kind of environmental factors are there, and one of the thoughts is that perhaps exposure to vitamin D. It's not as simple as hmm. cause and effect, but we think that that may be a factor in all of this. So we're still looking at that. Um, I, people think, oh, that, that's the answer. Just take vitamin D and you won't get MS. And it's not quite that simple. But we've known for many years that it seems to have this geographic component to it. So it's yeah. interesting. Very yeah, interesting it disease. is interesting. Yeah. Unfortunate for those of us who live in Wisconsin and we can't right. really and don't have control I think of it's that, Wisconsin <laughs> and maybe Minnesota, but I, I know Wisconsin has probably one of the largest per capita uh, incidents of multiple sclerosis okay. in the whole country. Yeah. So, I mean, that's yeah. definitely an interesting yeah. leg to investigate. Um, for women who have may have had a recent diagnosis of MS and are thinking about maybe getting pregnant, is there anything that they should be aware of when they're planning their families? Or is, that, or is there any risk for relapse specifically mm. for pregnant women? So uh, multiple sclerosis, again, is an interesting disease because it's an autoimmune disease. So uh, pregnancy, interesting enough, is actually somewhat protective. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't get MS if you're pregnant. Uh, you may have probably ever been exposed to it or may actually have it. But when women who uh, have MS and become pregnant, actually most of them will tell you they feel the best they ever felt. Uh, taking us back to thinking about uh, our immune systems and the immune systems of women and how they may be affected, um, the immune system, the theory is that it actually sort of calms down while a woman carries a, a baby to term. So we think that may be the theory behind why patients uh, or women do quite well during pregnancy. Again, we don't really worry about them. I know that sounds terrible, but we don't really worry about them during pregnancy because we know that that's probably the safest time for them related to their MS. Okay. Um, but the uh, most, uh, the highest risk period for a relapse is actually postpartum. So it's the 12 weeks postpartum is when we are more concerned about women. Again, it's confounded by the fact that their uh, hormones are shifting and changing. They now have a new baby that they have to care for. They have incredible fatigue. I mean, most new moms will tell you that's the worst fatigue they've ever experienced in their life. So you put all those facts together, and then women, are, of course, are at the greatest risk for relapses. Uh, again, we don't. Uh, we uh, women can have children with multiple sclerosis. It's no. It's not a contraindication, but uh, it's nice to plan. But it doesn't always work that way. Uh, but we work very closely with OBGYNs when patients do become pregnant. We usually step back in terms of our interventions because they don't need to be on medications or anything during their uh, during their pregnancy. Although. You know, stay tuned. Uh, we might, as we develop more information, that may change. But right now, we just take patients off of all their medications for the safety of, of the baby. Okay. And uh, and then we work closely with the OBGYNs. It's an individual choice. Some uh, women want to deliver their babies, and they want to start their MS medications right away. 
And some choose uh, to breastfeed and such, and that's fine. And I support women in whatever whatever they feel comfortable with. Again, the disease is unique on every single patient, so you really have to work with the OB, your OBGYN and your neurologist to make sure you make the choices that are right for you okay. uh, after you deliver a baby. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. really insightful. But mm-hmm. speaking of breastfeeding, there's mm-hmm. some recent um, encouraging research regarding MS symptoms, a recent study that came out dis- um, linking breastfeeding and how it can potentially reduce risk of getting MS. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with this researchers or any insight that you can provide yeah. on I I just saw the study, and it's just kind of new. Interesting, they took uh, a group of either newly diagnosed uh, multiple sclerosis patients or what we call clinically isolated syndrome, which is sort of a precursor to multiple sclerosis. We've been able to identify uh, that some patients might have sort of an early version of MS, for lack of a better description. But in looking at uh, these women who were breastfeeding, and were they likely to go on to get a confirmed diagnosis of multiple sclerosis? And it seems that perhaps breastfeeding uh, in these uh, women may have played a factor in that. We've looked many years at um, the the potential for breastfeeding to be protective for women, again, like pregnancy is protective, but the evidence, unfortunately, hasn't been overwhelming. Uh, So this is kind of interesting to see. This may be more of a select group of patients, particularly ones that are maybe just, they're sort of in a, a newer diagnosis of the phase of the disease, or they might just have this one particular symptom that's going on, which is what we how we define clinically isolated syndrome. So it, these are patients that are very early on in sort of a diagnostic process. So it's good to know that we might uh, we might have some evidence to support that that could be protective. I always say to stay tuned. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the ever evolving nature of research. Yes, yes, yes always, always. Yes, but I mean that's definitely encouraging for moms. You know, hopefully mm-hmm. it's another benefit mm-hmm. to breastfeeding and yeah. even pregnancy. You oh. know, there's there's a lot of downsides that we experience uh, to those times. So it's great that there's some advantages yeah. that we could. We, I, you know, in our practice, uh, we never. I mean, I think many years ago, the the myth, the story was that women were actually told that they shouldn't have children because of this risk of relapse postpartum. But uh, in my experience in 17 years of doing this, um, we don't, I've never uh, seen that we don't encourage women to, to have children and such, and to breastfeed. I always say, I will support them in whatever choice they make. And uh, in bringing, you know, having a baby and bringing a life into the world in terms of uh, changing your focus and such, I, that's that's completely understandable, and uh, I respect a, a woman in terms of her right to breastfeed or, or not. But but yes, there's no harm in breastfeeding uh, babies uh, if you have MS. It's all good. Yeah. Well, sometimes, you know, that, that's such a prevalent point of having health education is de- mm-hmm. debunking some of those myths mm-hmm. that people are here or have heard mm-hmm. from generations, you know, of different things that you're getting advice on. And just even mm-hmm. having that conversation to yeah. empower people to make Absolutely. those choices is so important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but last question, MS can be such a challenge to manage. Uh, what kind of resources or support would you recommend to individuals explore when they receive a diagnosis? Um, well, work closely with your uh, neurologists and your healthcare providers, nurse practitioners, nurses, etc., and they can help you find um, good information. Uh, again, sometimes people get sort of maybe not such great information, but make sure you're always going to reliable sources for information. We strongly encourage people to work with uh, the National MS Society, our Wisconsin chapter. They are a hum- humongous resource for our patients. So getting the right information from the right sources um, I always tell patients it's a little overwhelming. I, mm-hmm. I could tell you a lot of things in that initial meeting, but sometimes it's just too much. And it's okay to know that you can come back 
You don't have to know everything on the first day. Mm -hmm. um, the disease will look different on every single patient, and I always tell patients we'll work together uh, and we'll, we'll take on the subjects and, and the symptoms and however the disease uh, exposes and shows itself to us, we'll manage it together and we'll figure it out. So, yeah. And just having that open communication with patients is, uh, is our goal. Uh, that's really mm -hmm. encouraging. I think mm -hmm. really supportive t mm -hmm. stance too for the patients who are going through, mm -hmm. like you said, such a, such a tumultuous time yeah. in trying to mm -hmm. navigate their health plan. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much for okay. coming on the mother pod today. We really mm -hmm. appreciate it. You're and welcome. Thanks for presenting at the conference as yeah, well. It's thank awesome. You. Great. <laughs> this was a lot of fun. All right. Thanks so much, Cheryl. Thanks. Thank you for tuning into The Mother Pod. The Wisconsin Women's Health Foundation is a statewide nonprofit striving to innovate, impact, and improve women's health to help women and their families achieve their healthiest potential. For more information on The Mother Pod, our programs, events, or research initiatives, visit our website at www.hf.org. Until next time, remember, it all begins with a healthy woman.